This is the Ed Surge podcast for the week of April 6th to April 10th. We bring you the EdTech leading news and opinion you love from Ed Surge, but on the go. Each week on the show, we bring you the top stories from Ed Surge News, all geared towards educators, entrepreneurs, and investors, all right on your favorite device. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge Podcast. I'm Michael Winters. And I'm Charlie Locke. Now, regular listeners might know it's been a couple of weeks since Charlie and I were on the podcast, but we both have really good reasons. <laughs> uh, Charlie actually got her tonsils taken out last week. I did. And after a full week of not being able to speak at all, <sighs> you can hear my lovely voice again. Do I sound any different? Uh... Honestly, no, not, oh, not really. I, I can't tell the difference. I, you're, you sound healthy. I, we're, we're just glad you're, you're back with us. Oh, thank you, Michael. And Michael was out because he was gallivanting through Europe for the past two weeks. Uh, that's well, I you know, I wouldn't really I wouldn't call it gallivanting. Uh, it was more like traipsing through every tourist site ever. But it was a ton of fun. So how did you stay up to date on all the latest EdTech news while you were gone? Uh, obviously, the Ed Surge newsletters. <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was funny. It was actually this first time since I started working at Ed Surge that I read the newsletter without having already read everything that was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think? Oh, very informative. I'm definitely. Gl- glad to hear it. That's yeah. at least one happy customer. Yeah, well, one that's really easy to please anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the news. Let's do it. With so many innovative schools and districts out there, there's no way to visit them all. Except for on EdSurge, where we're bringing the virtual tour to you in a monthly article series highlighting a particular school. Summit Public Schools CEO Diane Tavner walks us through how Summit helps students become self-directed learners with tools like personalized learning plans and teacher-created playlists. U.S. Secretary of Education Arnie Duncan put in an appearance this week at the ASU GSV Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona. In his speech, Secretary Duncan challenged EdTech entrepreneurs to build products that promote equity. I'm absolutely convinced that when technology is used to power true innovation, it can become a game changer for education because it has the ability to bridge gaps for those who have the least and open pathways that in the past were inaccessible. Technology has the potential to drive both equity and excellence, and those are the core values that motivate so many of us who do this work every single day. To underscore his point, the Department of Education also released an EdTech Developer's Guide. The 60-plus page report includes tips on finding funding, data privacy, and much more. You can find a link to Secretary Duncan's full speech, as well as the EdTech Developer's Guide, on edsurge.com. Okay, EdSurge fans, this one's for you. If you've always wondered how our editorial process works, it's your lucky week. Our managing editor, Tony Wan, lays out almost all our secrets in a piece on Medium, including how we use tools like Trello, Zendesk, and Slack. As Tony writes, we strive for each piece we publish to offer actionable, valuable insights for our educator and entrepreneur audiences. If you've got tips on how we can do that better, please drop us a line. Zach Barth, the founder of Zachtronics, discussed developing educational games for Amplify in an interview with Gamasutra this week. In the article, Barth expresses his desire to focus educational games on the material being learned and his frustration with the lack of feedback from educators and students. He also reveals his preferred approach for future educational games. We're going to sell so many more copies by having a game that's not called educational, but is secretly educational. Class Dojo and Remind may claim that they serve different teacher needs, but recent product additions, like Remind's feedback system and Class Dojo Messenger, suggest the two may be on a collision course. 
So we asked teachers how they use the two ed tech tools. We found some interesting insights. Teachers struggle to get parent buy-in for Class Dojo compared to student buy-in for Remind. It's time for ka-chings. Citation site RefMe has raised a $5 million seed round led by GEMS Global. On RefMe, users can scan a book or journal barcode and have the work automatically formatted for citation and receive recommendations on what to read next. And marketplace site Edusense raised a $2.9 million seed round to expand its listing of discounted educational materials. And in the biggest ka news we've had yet this year, Online video learning site lynda.com will be purchased by LinkedIn for $1.5 billion. That was billion with a B. lynda.com hosts more than 250,000 videos and 6,000 courses used by millions to gain new skills to help with career changes. Commenting on the acquisition, LinkedIn CEO Jeff Weiner commented, both companies seek to help professionals be better at what they do. Now, this is big news in edtech. Billion-dollar acquisitions do not happen every day. So to discuss it with us, we've got our very favorite CEO, Betsy Corcoran. Hi, Betsy. Hey, Michael. And I bet you say that to all the CEOs. You're, well, you're the only one I've ever had on this podcast so far. <laughs> Betsy wrote an article for us uh, about the Linda LinkedIn deal. So, Betsy, remind us a little bit about what Lynda.com is and what brings it to LinkedIn. Lynda.com was EdTech before EdTech was cool. <laughs> so remember that Linda Wyman and her husband, Bruce Heaven, started Lynda.com in 1995 with the idea of helping people learn new skills. Linda herself learned how to do computer graphics, computer, some computer programming, and then she started teaching that to other people. Then she and Bruce said, hey, cool, let's actually do these as videos. And so they built up this amazing video library. They built a lot of them themselves, and then they opened it up and let other people create videos, build courses, build business. All of this stuff is what we now talk about, and she did it way before EdTech was hip and cool. And the other important thing is she charged for it. So <laughs> she never took venture money. Well, I'll, I'll amend that. She only took venture money a year and a half ago. And uh, up until that point, she grew a business of, you know, more than, I think, $150 million in annual revenue entirely, video by video, course by course. So what she brings to LinkedIn is a couple of things. Number one is she actually brings some nice revenue. They <laughs> obviously have built out an advertising model now as well, but she brings some revenue, very stable subscription revenue. She brings this enormously rich content. LinkedIn has become the place to go if you're looking for a job, you're thinking about changing your life. They have lots of articles. I've even written a few up there <laughs> about how to do better in your job, how to improve your career. And now they have this incredibly rich collection of videos that really let you take your life in your hands and say, hey, I want to do something different. So I think they bring a lot to LinkedIn. So lynda.com is as you said, one of the older ed tech companies out there, maybe. And what does a big acquisition, $1.5 billion, that's big. What does that mean for the ed tech industry? Right. One other thing I should point out about lynda.com, Linda uh, and her husband are also investors in EdSearch, right. small investors, but we're, we're proud that they are. So what does it mean for the industry? Wow, well, this is a pretty neat proof point. It says that you can make uh, some good money if you're investing in education technology. The people who probably did best at this deal were those wonderful investors who 
gave them some money in January <laughs> and have turned around and basically kind of increased their stake quite nicely. So that's that's kind of the wet dream, I think, of an awful lot of uh, money guys. <laughs> but what it really means for the whole industry is that this is a viable financial investment, that there are there's real worth out there, there's real value to be made, there's tremendous opportunity for people who are building things of great value. And you know, Michael, probably the most important thing Linda's done, she's built a great product. I totally agree with that. Linda.com is, is a great product. And it's interesting, too, that you know, Linda purchased for more than a billion dollars. Minecraft last year purchased for more than a billion dollars. What do those companies have in common? They both had revenue models. And they had solid revenue models, and they've had them for a long time. Yeah, it's nice to see revenue. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think that revenue is a good thing. <laughs> um, we actually have seen, you know, there's a number of other companies in the industry that have really tried to build revenue from day one. Mastery Connect. Right. Really terrific companies going out there, building uh, tools for doing assessment, revenue from day one. Hapara, which actually builds kind of a dashboard for managing Google Apps. Mm -hmm. Revenue from day one, those guys have never wavered. Most of the PD companies, Bloomboard, so forth, revenue from day one. Quizlet, can't say it was revenue from day one. They actually had <laughs> revenue from another source, but much like Linda, they bootstrapped the company, never taken any financial backing, at least not so far. And they have built up a, a nice business with strong revenue. And BrainPop, another company right. that people really look at and go, wow, that's a company I'd like to own a piece of. We will look out for billion-dollar acquisitions for all those companies. More too, unicorns ahead. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> so, Betsy, as long as you're here, you know, you spent some time this week at the ASU GSV conference. That's the, the big EdTech investor conference down in Scottsdale, Arizona, like we mentioned earlier. And just hoping you could tell us a little bit about what the conference is like. Wow. It was crowded this year. This was the fifth year that they have run that conference. And it started with a couple hundred people this year, probably close to 2,500 people. Wow. It was really hard to find a glass of water, I must tell you. <laughs> but a really interesting mixture of people. They worked very hard this year to bring a lot more education leaders into the mix. There were about 150 school leaders there whose costs have been underwritten by various foundations and other folks, and they were adding to the dialogue. A lot of the conversation in the main panels and in the keynotes was about creating value, was definitely about closing the achievement gap, and was ultimately about how education, great education, is a life-changing event and how it can create opportunities for people that they don't have and if if they're really missing those skills and and kind of that knowledge and that background so it was a very empowering conference they had a couple of very inspirational speakers sir richard branson of Ooh. virgin atlantic was there or virgin america or virgin everything i guess <laughs> and you know he talked a lot about dyslexia and about the challenges that he faced a number of people who were powerful learners. Uh, Common was there. Common, the Oscar-winning rap star. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that three times fast. <laughs> he was there with his mother, who turns out to be a member of the Chicago Board of Education and a longtime educator. And they talked about it, what it meant to them. So there were some really inspirational talks. There were a lot of great educators there. And it was a very powerful moment. So you were there last year as well, down in Scottsdale. What, what are the differences between GSV 2015 and 2014? I think we're really looking at 
the emergence of, again, much like lynda.com, real businesses. Real businesses with real revenue behind them, building products that people are going to use. A lot of discussion about how we need to have a lot more analysis of what the effectiveness of these products are. So my prediction for next year is we're going to see a lot more data analytics, what products make a difference, what's the environment in which they make a difference. That will be pretty cool to see too. Did you have a favorite session or activity that happened at the event? Everyone talked so much. And so on the one hand, it was kind of fun because you could stand in the lobby of the event and you would just see this entrepreneur, that entrepreneur. And, you know, it was an amazing kind of bringing together of people. And it was also very warm, which all the people from the East Coast appreciated very much. (laughs) Well, Betsy, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to step into our cardboard podcast booth and chat with us. I love this studio. This is the finest studio in Burlingame, I think. We'll have to put up a picture of this. We've been talking about it a lot. Okay, we'll do that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, Betsy. And finally, are your kids looking to code over the summer? If so, you're in luck. We've just released a brand new guide on how to keep students interested in coding over the summer. It's got tips for getting started with code, for founding a coding club, and even a list of sites and products that you can use to start learning code today. Just head to edsurge.com slash guides to check it out. You know, maybe I should do that. I I know nothing about coding. (laughs) I'll teach you how to code our newsletter one of these days. That'd be great. You can stick around for one of our our late nights with Innovate. (laughs) Anyway, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks to Diane Tavner, Stacey Childress, Steve Silvius, and all of the other writers who contributed to EdSurge this week. And a special shout out to Mr. Jonathan Fitcher, who recently reviewed this podcast on his blog and had some really good feedback for us. Thank you, Jonathan. We appreciate it. And of course, thanks to all of you for listening and for reading EdSurge. And remember that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or wherever it is that you like to get your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. I'm Charlie Locke. And I'm Michael Winters. We'll see you next week. This is the EdSurge Podcast.